Hello everybody, and welcome to episode 65 of Reboot Already Underway. I'm one of your hosts, Jacob Lacey, joined again today as always by Aaron Hahn. Why, why does it sound like 65 is like so many? Like, yeah. like that's the sudden number where it's like, <laughs> we might have gone too far. <laughs> whoa, whoa, I didn't know. I didn't know you felt this way. But oh man, I, I didn't think we had gone too far, but maybe. All right, packing maybe it in. This is the end. Someone say. Maybe. There, there's like where this, it's like the Fast and Furious logic. It's like, all right, Fast and Furious 4, come on, you've made too many. Then at Fast and Furious 8, you're like, I need more. I need more. There's like this weird like disconnect between these Right, movies. right, which is why I'm saying 65 is like the Fast and Furious 4 oh, okay. of the podcast world. Wow, okay. <laughs> so this episode's going to suck, guys. I'm sorry. Um... Yeah, uh, if you couldn't tell, David is not with us today. I'm not going to try and do any uh, fam or fidget spinner uh, type things uh, like last time. Uh, He'll be with us again next week, uh, especially to talk about Alien and uh, Cloud Atlas. And we'll talk about uh, Shutter Island and Major Pain, the movies that he recommended for us last week then. Uh, He just couldn't couldn't join us. He's on a a trip at the moment. Summer is a very busy time for us. (laughs) So... You know, once the school year starts back up again, we'll all be um, bunkered down, you know. We'll, we'll put off that schoolwork a little too long, and it'll all be good. Uh, yeah, so, uh, so don't feel like we're just ignoring the movies that David gave us to watch, because we did watch them. Um, so we'll just talk about those next week. Guys, this week we're going to be talking about Warner Brothers for our advice segment. We're going to talk about, uh, well... We're going to talk about the movie that uh, no one wrote the script for, Aaron. Did you hear this? A person who does not exist wrote the script. I, I have heard of this, yes. <laughs> No, that's not true. Uh, Logan Lucky. Uh, just uh, not really anonymous, but someone that has never written a previous work has, has written this, assumedly, assuming that the name is right. Um, and we're also going to be talking about something else. Uh, so, Aaron, I don't know. I don't know if you've been paying attention to what's been going on recently. This is uh, leading us into a very similar uh, mode that we took when we uh, did the last episode of this sort of thing, <laughs> where, you know... Um, I, you but, know... What, whatever Lacey gets so uh, <laughs> scared and, and sick of our current reality, yeah. he, likes to, he likes to return to this stuff. Yeah, this is a good one. Uh <laughs> We don't want to live on this planet anymore. <laughs> Part two, movie worlds we'd want to live in. Yes, and a man even powerful enough to control congressmen, and I saw three of them in his room the day I went up to see him. Well, the senator yield. No, sir, I will not yield. God creates dinosaurs. God destroys dinosaurs. God creates man. Man destroys God. Man creates dinosaurs. Dinosaurs eat man. Woman inherits the earth. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't need to tell you guys what's going on. You probably already know, you know. But I just feel like, as a podcast, we should probably just be like, yo, Nazis suck, and they're awful, and we don't condone anything like that. I know that shouldn't have to be said, but in this current political landscape, I feel like it kind of has to be said. So... It's said now. Before I start to get really anxious about this, let's talk about something else. Because it's already hitting me. So, alright. Aaron, 
Yes. You go first. What What is a world you'd want to live in, movie or TV-wise? Well, I already used some of my best ones for the last time we did this podcast. But I, I thought of another world that, you know, sounds... Sounds like it could be very appealing. Mm-hmm. I want I want to live in the world of the shaggy dog. Oh my god! <laughs> okay, okay. So I, I I want to live in this world where it's like you know you take all these people who are like so hung up on work, you know, like they're workaholics <laughs> or like they don't they don't care mm-hmm. about people, you know, they're not considerate, you know, like the the, the whole like Christmas Carol beginning. We're like that kind of people. Yeah. And then they somehow get magically transformed into animals. Right. Until they learn a little lesson about humility and humanity. <laughs> like, so like that's, that's like the world I want to live in. Where it's like all these, all these terrible <laughs> people who are like jerks or just, yeah. are, you know, like bad parents or anything. It's like it's like nothing bad happens to them. They mm-hmm. just have to spend a few days as an animal mm-hmm. until they learn the error of their ways. So right. It's, it's like no one dies, mm-hmm. but they do have to suffer through the humiliation of, of being, being a dog right. until they learn their lesson. And then they learn their lesson, and we can all move on as a society. Now, I'm surprised you didn't go with uh, nine lives. <laughs> you, you see, the problem with picking nine lives, though, is that <laughs> Kevin Spacey doesn't <laughs> Because Nine Lives is a horrible movie. That's a good point. That is a good point. All right, yeah, yeah, I can see that. That's that would be. Hey, if that actually happened, that would be awesome. But I have one that uh, I might do you one better here, Aaron. Jurassic Park. Now, really, I know you might be able. You might be saying, oh, well, like. but, you know, we shouldn't mess with science. Like, oh, you know, nature has a plan and all that. And it's like, well, but don't you just want to see a dinosaur? Like, sure, I might get eaten. Sure, I might die. Like, this is, of course, going with, like, Jurassic World, too. But, like, right, right. you know, there's this amusement park where you can just see dinosaurs. Like, 999, well, no, 99.9% of the time. <laughs> You're not going to be eaten by a dinosaur. <laughs> it's only that 0.1% that you have to worry about. But yeah, that's what makes things fun. That's why roller coasters are fun. You're like, I'm not going to die on this roller coaster. But there's a, but chance, there's a chance I there's might a chance. die. <laughs> so that's why Jurassic Park would be, or Jurassic World would be so fun. That's, that's why people go to amusement parks. The, uh, yeah. the potential for death. So. <laughs> yeah, like if I die, at least I went out doing something pretty fun. So. <laughs> Oh my god, there's a really good story. I'm going to tell this story, actually, about Cedar Point. Because it involves almost dying. Uh, I went to Cedar Point this past month. Past month? Past two months. And my sister brought a friend. And when we went on one of these rides, like, her leg was on the outside of the coaster. And they kept going by and, like, weren't lifting the bar or anything and helping her. And she's like, um, excuse me, my bar, my bar was stuck. And I was so terrified because I'm like, oh, my God, I got my sister's friend killed on this trip. But, you know, everything went by fine. But, like, there is that just sheer amount of terror that makes the ride a little bit more fun. So, yeah, who cares if a pterodactyl is going to come up and pick me up 
and throw me into the water. Just brutally murder me, by the way. Like, that was in a PG-13 summer blockbuster. This dinosaur is just <laughs> drowning this poor woman, who is not a bad person. <laughs> and they're like, oh, then this big water dinosaur comes up and eats her. So it's like, yeah. yeah. And plus, that would be a pretty fun ride before you died. It would be scary, but it's like, it would be worth it. No, uh, but yeah, seeing dinosaurs would be pretty cool. And then you think about the original Jurassic Park. Who dies in those movies? Oh, Lots of people. Well, mostly only the bad one. No, actually, a lot of good people die too. <laughs> I was yeah. just, I was like, oh yeah, Samuel Jackson dies, and Australian guy dies, but Nedley dies, and he's a jerk, and so does Mr. Lawyer Man, and he's a jerk. So, two out of four ain't bad, I guess. <laughs> I don't that's know. Horrible. Yeah, 50%? Oh, yeah, you're right. Uh, that's like Glass Castle. <laughs> anyway, so that's that's my that's my first one. You got another one? Uh, maybe. All right. Am I am I allowed to use uh, Mr. Smith Goes to Washington? <laughs> <laughs> that was one of mine, too. <laughs> because, like, you're allowed. I it, know it's technically takes place in our world it's a fantasy movie aaron let's be honest but <laughs> it's a fantasy i want to live in this magical world where some guy can stand up give a huge speech about american values and then like the, the crooked senators actually are like oh yeah you're right i should probably stop screwing over the american people oh man we're getting political on this <laughs> Yeah, no, that would be nice, right? That's why I said it's a fantasy, because nothing like that has ever happened. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, no, I agree. That's what That was on my list. <laughs> so, I, I agree on that front. Um, yeah. I mean, that that's our two, I guess. <laughs> I guess if I had to pick another one, I'd pick Inglorious Bastards, because... <laughs> If Hitler just died in that thing in, in the uh, theater, theater, it'd be like, okay, cool. The war ends and like all the Nazis are gone. It's like, cool. So it would be interesting to see how history plays out after Inglorious in, in Bastards, you know, alternate ending to the, yeah. war, to the war. It's that like would if, be... if you have a more, a much more decisive end to <laughs> the conflict, it, it would be interesting to see yeah. how it all ended up. Yeah. That's a really interesting point. I would like to see that in some form, whether it's just like there would probably be a comic book, let's be honest. But <laughs> it'd be like how in, what happens after the events of the Glorious Bastards. That'd be interesting. All right. Well, we just picked two movies from our What Have We Been Watching segment, so we can cross those well, we out. The watched list. Them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, well, current events got us down. So. What's this fantasy world? Oh, <laughs> like American values? Oh my God. I'd forgotten. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, before we, uh, you know, go on a complete diatribe about all this, uh, let's move on to the upcoming movies of the week. Now, how many yards have I used a ball? 20 yards. I don't know, 30 30. Is it 20 or is it 30? We are dealing with science here. Sure. Uh, Aaron. Yes. Uh, are you are you dissatisfied with the selection this week? I'm actually no, I'm two thirds satisfied with the selection this week. 
Hitman's Bodyguard, from the first trailer I saw, I was like, this movie's gonna suck. And I don't know why it got so many laughs in all of the theaters that it played before it, but I'm like, guys, this doesn't look good at all. This is, something's wrong here. But, I don't know. Uh, it's gotten bad reviews now, so it's pretty much, you know, guaranteed bad at this point, so... Yeah, I mean, I no, I agree that, like, from the first trailer, I was just like, this doesn't look good. Like, it's not funny. Mm -hmm. It's not, like, a very original concept. And it's like, this, this, we've seen this kind of movie before many, many times. Yeah. And when you can't, when your movie, your comedy movie, mind you, can't even make me laugh once in the trailer... It's like, come on, guys. The trailer is usually where all the best bits go. If this is your best bits, ugh. yikes. That's not good. Um, so, yeah. Um, I will not be seeing this one. I don't know about you. Maybe if it's on Amazon or something. Yeah, but... I feel like if this hits streaming before the end of the year, which I don't know at this point if it would, but... Yeah, there's a chance, I guess. Um, yeah. All right. Well, how about Logan Lucky? A movie that I saw the trailer for and I'm like, all right, like I'm somewhat interested in this, but now the reviews are coming out and they're all like, hey, this movie's really great. I'm, I'm excited. Like, all right. And the other thing that made me like think this movie was going to be trash is that when Baby Driver came out, they kept running this campaign that's like, see the real Baby Driver, and it's like, Logan Lucky. And I'm like, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> I did not see those. Though. But they were doing it for, like, every movie, too. They did it for another... Oh, God, I can't even remember what it was now. Like, see the real whatever, and it was Logan Lucky still? No, no, no. It, it was, like, they'd have different sayings for each of them. I can't think of any of the movies that they were doing this for now, but... If I think of one, I'll, I'll bring it back up. But did it have to do with the Wolverine Logan? Was it like no? Hey, surprisingly the, enough, real, real lucky <laughs> Logan. Well, I don't know. <laughs> um, but yeah, so like it was it was that sort of thing. But it was more recently. I I can't even remember. Now it's gonna drive me insane. But. Yeah, with stuff like that, I'm like, ah, this is like a weird marketing campaign. Usually movies that do stuff like that are like pretty garbage. <laughs> so, um, I think they did one for yeah, like... Yeah, it's the uh, like, audiences react to this horror movie style ad where you're just like, yeah. as soon as you see that, you're like... Okay, this garbage. Is probably not going to be very good. It was, it was Atomic Blonde. It was like, see the real Atomic Blonde, and it was, uh, it was, what's his name? Uh, James Bond. I can't remember his name right now. Daniel Craig, but with, like, his washed-out, like, uh, bleach-blonde hair, and I'm like, oh my yeah. god, okay, this is a dumb ad, but whatever. <laughs> um, but Daniel Craig does look, like, he's giving, like, a great performance in he, this film. He also looks like he's having the time of his life, which is, like, I don't think I've ever seen Daniel Craig, like, enjoy himself in a movie. <laughs> He's always playing like this dour character. <laughs> he's like, yeah, it's like he's miserable James Bond. But. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know. What do you think? I, we watched the trailer for this. I don't know. 
Yeah, I mean, I think I like the the cast, Daniel Craig, as we mentioned, and also Adam Driver and Channing Tatum look like they're having mm-hmm. fun as well. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you got uh, Steven Soderbergh directing. Right. And he's already shown that he's like a master of the heist genre with Ocean's Eleven. Still which haven't is seen. A great film. <laughs> you have not seen it? No, I talked about this last time. You're like, oh, he did a Ocean's Eleven. And I'm like, I haven't seen any of the Ocean's movies. <laughs> I would recommend yeah i'll probably watch it before logan lucky because i probably will be seeing this in theaters because it's probably the last big like summer hit i would say yeah like it's very tail end i mean you could almost argue that last week was the last summer week but and even then the biggest film was a horror film yeah like preparing you for the fall anyway yeah (laughs) um yeah, I mean, I'm excited. I'll, I'll see it, so you'll probably hear about it next week on the podcast. Um, maybe the week after that, because I don't know when I'll have time to go to the movies. But, Aaron. Yes. This next movie. <laughs> <laughs> I know you're a big proprietor of the phrase, uh, way too, era- what was it, a little too indie? <laughs> too, too indie. Too indie. This might be a movie that might be a little too indie for you, Aaron. <laughs> Um, it's called Dave Made a Maze and as soon as I saw the trailer for this Aaron and I watched it I was like oh my god I need to see this like right now (laughs) it's such like an absurd concept where this guy just makes this cardboard like this cardboard box he's like hey it's a maze you need to come in and get me and it's this huge labyrinth inside (laughs) which is just so so off the wall that it is perfect, and I need to see this. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you're right that this this concept just, like, screams, like, too indie. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I do think this is a film that I would want to watch. Mm-hmm. You know, it, just, it looks like there looks creative. It looks like it will be visually pretty cool, you know, with the whole, like, cardboard, like, paper craft aesthetic for, like, yeah. everything. So... And you got some good, good uh, talent in here. I, I mean, the two leads I, I don't know, but uh, you have uh, James Urbaniak. I don't know how to pronounce his name. We're back to me pro- pronouncing names. Uh, but who was in <laughs> review? He was the producer, and so it's like, oh, he's got some good comedic chops. And then Adam Bush, who has been in like uh, several things. I can't put my name. I can't put my finger on one, but like I know his face, and I'm like, oh. I've seen you and stuff. You're a likable guy. Actually, I think he was a YouTuber. Yeah. Oh. I've seen oh, him. No. no, no, he's like good. He uh he was uh oh my god. I think he might have seen him in some like Jack's film skits back in the day. <laughs> but like he's been in other stuff too, uh in which he was good. So he's got comedic chops as well. So I'm excited to see what he does too, but this is just a movie, Aaron, I don't think you can keep saying too indie. Because where are the interesting new ideas coming from, Aaron? Have you ever seen a movie like this, Aaron? <laughs> this uh, is, uh... I'm, not, I'm not saying, like, too indie <laughs> as in, like, they're not unique ideas. Usually no, it's yeah. too indie because there are two unique ideas. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I think that's where we disagree <laughs> But all right. All right. But no, I I do want to see this film. Yeah. I think it will be, uh, if nothing else, it'll be just really interesting to see how they 
put it all together. So, um, let's move on to the what have we been watching segment this week. You're a monster, aren't you? Can you help me? What do you need? Aaron? Yes. Last week I had nothing for this segment. I kicked it into overdrive this week, Aaron. I was like, all right, here we go. I got to make up for that whole week of watching nothing. Um, so, yeah. So, do we want to start with the recommendations? Yeah, let's start there. I want you to go first because I've been dying to know what you thought of Across the Universe. I'm like, I need to know. Like, did I mess up? Did I recommend a movie you didn't like? So, I really, I'm really interested. So, yeah, all right. Uh, Lacey recommended that I watch Across the Universe last mm-hmm. week for our main topic. And so I did. I did watch Across the Universe. <laughs> You're just going to drag this out and, as long and, uh, as possible, aren't you? It, All right. was, it was on Netflix. Oh my and God. Was, I pulled it up. And, no, no, I'm just kidding. But, uh, <laughs> no, I, I liked it. Okay. All right. I yeah. liked it. That's all I that's all I thought you would do. I mean, that's that's about where I was at too. So, all right. I do I do think that uh you mentioned like you recommended it because of Moulin Rouge. Mm-hmm. And I do think that that was a very accurate point of comparison for this movie because <laughs> it is good. like almost exactly the same in terms of uh style okay, yeah. as Moulin Rouge. Not like not quite. Moulin Rouge does like some really really fast-paced editing that's like kind of jarring at first but <laughs> okay <laughs> weird but all right but, but just in, in terms of like the the elaborate musical sequences that mm-hmm. are just like these weird uh visuals from like all these different sorts of styles like mixed into one and then you know that, that's obviously complementing the the jukebox nature of the musical where it's like these are mm-hmm. all you know songs that you already know but now we're gonna implement them into this story mm-hmm. yeah so I mean I I did like that. I thought it was very a very stylish movie. I thought there were like a lot of striking visuals, particularly like in the musical sequences. Yeah. For sure. I yeah I'm trying to I don't want to say too much cuz I'm trying to let you get all your thoughts out, but I love <laughs> that it's very much that stark contrast between when the music's going, it's very dreamlike and then when the music's not happening, it's very, you know, realistic in, in a lot of ways. So Mhm. Sorry, you can continue. <laughs> no, I mean, it was fun. Uh, so I, I like that. I, I like the the music, of course I like. I mean, it's... Mm-hmm. It's the Beatles. It, I was, I was going to like that element because... You know, it's the greatest the band of all time. Anyone else well, can fight well, me on that? that? The Beatles are the best band of all time. I do think that they are a really good band. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so many of their songs are so iconic. It's like... Yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to love them. Mm-hmm. Also... I honestly did not know that Come Together was a Beatles song. So all these times with the Justice League trailers coming out using it, I was like, hey, that's a pretty pretty weird rendition of this song. But I honestly did not know it was originally a Beatles song. Did you think it was an Aerosmith song, Aaron? Please tell me you didn't by. think it was an Aerosmith song. Because I love Aerosmith. I no hate for them at all, but that cover is so bad. 
And that I'm like, oh my god, Aerosmith, how did you mess up this badly? It's like, such a it good song. Might, honestly, that that might be. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, no, man, come together, man. Oh. And Aaron. then I realized, I, I I realized that I had it on my iPod, like the Beatles version on my <laughs> iPod this whole time. I was like, oh, I didn't even know that. Yeah, man. Oh, if you had never heard the Beatles come together and all you had heard was the Aerosmith one, like, I I would be, like, jealous. Like, just being able to hear that and then going into, like, the Beatles, you'd be like, oh, my God. <laughs> my mind is blown. This is so good. But, oh, man, Abbey Road is such a good album. Anyway, <laughs> back but to... Yeah, so I like the music. Uh, cast was pretty good, pretty solid, and yeah. I, I do like the the you know the whole just the way it explores the the decade you know the whole mm-hmm. counterculture movement and you know the whole protests of the war and like all these different people from diverse backgrounds you know like getting together and all that I thought that was really neat. It was like like a different approach to the era than like one would get for from like Mad Men where like Mad Men was very much like the adults of this decade <laughs> yeah. were following them. The people who like looked down on the counterculture. Right. Whereas this film is like, these are the people we're following. These are the people we like, the people we agree with. I mean, you don't have to agree with them. But... Right. But I mean, the movie certainly wants you to in a way. It wants to put you in those shoes. So, so yeah, I see what you're coming from on that, right. that statement. Right. So yeah. I will say that like, my, I suppose my complaint okay. about this movie. I think I might know what it is because it might be mine too. We'll it's like, it, well, like compared to Moulin Rouge, what Moulin Rouge did is like we have this story, and then we're bringing in all these songs from various sources, and then we're mm-hmm. you know building out the story with the songs. Whereas this film very much felt like we have all these songs. What's the story we can craft from these songs? So you end up with stuff like, oh, this character is named Jude. This character named <laughs> yeah. named Prudence, and what song do we sing to get Prudence out of the closet when she's locked in there? God, dear Prudence, <laughs> it's like, Whew, good song. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> oh man. I mean, yeah, it, it's like yeah. They're, they're good songs, but it's very right. much it a is. movie mm. written around the songs as a, as opposed to you know a song. Uh, you know, the, the story came first, and then they pick the best songs for it, which I think works a couple times. Like I was gonna ask what your favorite. Um, numbers were, like, what your favorite moments were. Because mine are two songs that I would not call my favorite Beatles songs. Um, and they're not, like, even in, in my, like, top 20 or anything. But um, the... I think the one the way the movie does it best is when it takes these Beatles songs and puts new meaning to words that have already been written. And I think, mm-hmm. like, that's no more apparent than when they do the I want you, she's so heavy, um, where he's enlisting in the army and stuff. And just, it, it's like, I watched it again, and I'm like, this is, like, pretty cheesy, but it's so good at the same time, where they're carrying the Statue of Liberty through, like, the miniature Vietnam, and it's like, she's so heavy. And I'm like, oh my god, like, this is, like, pretty deep to, like, a song that had no meaning other than john lennon just being like hey i think you hot (laughs) um and then also uh the uh i want to hold your hand with prudence uh and then you're like oh she's singing to the cheerleader and i'm like oh that's like such a great reveal like i was looking at letterboxd reviews and they're like best reveal in cinematic history 
All right, I don't know that I'd go that far, but uh, yeah, that's great. And I also love uh, because uh, when they're all just laying in the field, and that's just that one I like just because that's such a, like a beautiful rendition just of that because. song. Yeah, just because. Uh. <laughs> that's just a beautiful rendition of that song. So I don't know. What were you? Do you have any favorite? Uh, I mean, bits? you you touched on some of my favorites. Like I th- yeah. I think like stylistically, my favorite ones were the the she's so heavy, the whole military complex mm-hmm. where it's like they're all like quartered off into like these rooms, like they all dance into it, and then the rooms fall down from the ceiling yeah. and all that sort of stuff. Like that was really cool. And then I also like stylistically uh, Strawberry Fields, where it was just like. I, it's using been a the while. Blood imagery. It was, oh, it was basically, yep. you know, like yeah, yeah. Strawberry fields, and then they also did it, along with the uh, Vietnam stuff. They also did um, happiness is a warm gun, I think, too, right? Which is with the nurses in in the room. Yeah, yeah, they did do that one. I remember because it's this big circular room, and then the, they're all on the beds, and the beds are spinning around the room. Um, right, right. Yeah, that yeah. one. That one's pretty good too. Uh, yeah. the only one that the, throughout the whole movie that I'm like, we don't need this. <laughs> and I'm like, I understand you want to do some of the Beatles weirder stuff, but like, it doesn't fit within a movie. And I love this, these songs, but like, they just don't work. And it's the being for the benefit of Mr. Kite <laughs> segment. Where I'm like, <laughs> this is just weird for weirdness's sake. And I'm like, eh, this doesn't really need to be here, but that's really my yeah. only moment. Where that like, that yeah. was one of the parts that felt like the most like Moulin Rouge to me. Oh, really? Okay, I might not like <laughs> well, Moulin well, I'm Rouge. Not, then. Like, I'm not saying like that negates the the complaint because I don't think that fits right. as well in this film, like you're saying. Oh, but just it did the feel visual like, style. It felt like it was plugged out of Moulin Rouge. Right. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. So I'm glad you liked it at least. Uh, I was like, oh god, he hated it, didn't he? <laughs> I'm like, oh, and then I was like recommending it like i don't know how much of the beatles you know because i feel like a lot of a lot of this movie is like beatles fan service almost like the way i guess spoilers for this movie but like not really the way it all ends on the roof is like oh how the beatles career really ended and it's like okay it's like it all like flows together like from a small town uh in liverpool and then ends up on the rooftop singing the world it's like it's just it fits the beatles uh career and also like this story that i think is pretty good even though there are moments where i'm like okay whatever but yeah i didn't i didn't know about that yeah <laughs> about how it's supposed to follow like the, the path of the beatles I didn't, oh my god Aaron. I'm, I'm, the, I'm the kind of person who like i have I have the the beatles on my ipod mm-hmm. but like i apparently don't listen to them enough to know that come together was a Beatles song. <laughs> so that describes my fandom. That's it, in the Venn diagram of people who listened to the Beatles and people who didn't know come together was a Beatles song. You are the one person in the middle. <laughs> like, it's perfect. All right. All right. So good. That's a success then. One success out of six so far. So are we going to get to your. Oh, Just, like, good, get to your... Oh, the Babadook. Watch, yeah. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah. The, the about. Babadook? <clears throat> the Babadook is really, really great. And you're right. I should have seen this before. Because, holy crap. This is like... Oh my, I think... 
I don't know. I think before the reason it's probably not on the list, this list beyond just you not knowing ahead of if I had seen it is like this is such like a genre that I've just recently gotten into, not just horror, but like this slow-paced, very deliberate like horror. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, I don't know. I, this is difficult, but it's definitely one of the best examples of this sort of genre. I was going to say it's the best, but I think I still like The Witch better in that sort of. But The Babadook is a lot more like jump scary, like, oh, like uh, more crowd pleasing almost at the same time. It does both of them really well. But I also just love the metaphorical nature of what's happening in this movie where it's like Mm -hmm. and now knowing this i'm like i totally understand why you hate that ending to lights out because it they proved two years before how you could do this sort of storyline so well and make the ending so like like moving almost like i don't right yeah, like, The Conjuring is still, like, probably the horror film that's moved me the most, just because I freaking cry every time I watch it. It's so, like, it, like he, I, James Wan is just a brilliant director. But uh, this one, I, 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 I cried as well. Uh, but not, not as much as when I watched The Conjuring. Um, just because, I mean... I don't want to spoil it. So uh, if you haven't watched The Babadook, the way they wrap up the whole film is in such a satisfyingly like realistic way. And I like that they never truly give like The Babadook a sort of like, like a concrete metaphor. Like in It Follows like the the monster is an std basically <laughs> and it's like in this one it's like it could be any number of things from like depression to post traumatic stress to like any sort of mental disease and it's like it doesn't matter which one it is it it all is true and it all rings true and so i think that is just extremely brilliant and that's really what sold this movie for me cuz if they didn't have that metaphorical nature to it it would still be a really good horror movie but it's that that really pushed it over the edge for me and i'm like this is Mm -hmm. just so great and i think the performances are great i think has the mom been in anything else she's been in uh, something i forget okay i know i know she's been in like something recognizable yeah and I was like, the little boy looks familiar, but then I looked him up, I'm like, he hasn't been anything I've seen. <laughs> so, like, I guess all little kids look the same to me or something. Uh, but, yeah. And there are just some great scares here, man. I, I'm trying to think back. I watched it so long ago now. <laughs> like a week, so not that long. But, um... I think the one that, like, really got me was... <laughs> this might be a weird choice, but when they're in the car and the kid's just screaming to the high heavens at that corner of the car and she just keeps yep. looking and there's nothing there and he's just... Like, I don't think I've ever seen a child actor have such pure terror on his face. <laughs> like, he really was terrified. I don't know what they told that kid, but he's like, I'm gonna die. <laughs> so- so yeah i don't know i i highly recommend on netflix it's up there for that year as far as my favorites so 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, this is one of my favorite films of all time, so yeah. I'm glad you enjoyed it. I, I figured you would. Like, I didn't. I didn't. I actually didn't really ever doubt that you would <laughs> like this movie. Yeah. I mean, there was. If you listen to the town podcast that we just did, there was like a moment where I watched this movie and I watched a couple other ones that we'll talk in a little bit that I was like. I, do I just love everything now, or are like these just all legitimately great movies? And then I watch the town. And I'm like, oh, the town's all right. <laughs> so that's uh, so I, I'm you gotta, not just you gotta watch uh, like an, a just okay movie every now and then to like yeah. cleanse your palate. Yeah, you're like, oh yeah, this is this is what an all right film looks like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a good good standard, I think. Um, all right, so. You'll hear our thoughts on uh, Shutter Island. Uh, two out of six, just want to say. Oh, uh, you'll hear our uh, thoughts on Shutter Island and Major Pain. You'll hear David's thoughts on uh, Alien and Cloud Atlas uh, next week. So, moving on to other things, Aaron, we also have a shared movie this week. Yes, we do. So, if you wanted to cover that, let's hit it. All right. Well, we watched another 2017 movie this week. We watched. Personal Shopper. It's Kristen Stewart. This movie's awesome, man. <laughs> this movie is awesome. Um, this was one that you watched, and I'm like, oh, crap. I still have to watch that. And I'm like, I gotta watch it before the podcast, because if Aaron says anything, <laughs> and it kind of, like, hypes me up too much, I'm gonna be like, okay, mm-hmm. I-, I might be ruined for it. So I watched it as soon that night or something. And not a movie for everyone <laughs> certainly not no, a movie no, for no. everyone um it, it really is the like um like the embodiment of either you love it or you hate it i really don't think there can be an in-between with this movie <laughs> <laughs> um yeah i suppose that's a good way of putting it because it is it is a very odd movie mm-hmm. like I, I think I i said to you that like this film was not what I expected it to be, mm-hmm. but also I had no expectations <laughs> for this movie. So it, it was like it was it didn't match my expectations, but my expectations still didn't exist. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's just like a very odd film watching experience. Yeah. You're like, this isn't quite right, but also I love it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's exactly right. Um, this is one of those things where, like, I saw that it was in the Criterion collection, or they just added it, or it's being added in September it's or something. And I'm like, it's weird. I mean, it doesn't really... It's pretty recent. I don't know. I, I Like, I had seen the preview. I'm like, that doesn't look that good, but whatever. And then I watched it. I'm like, no, no. I was wrong for doubting. This movie is... Uh, it breaks, like, all film conventions that have ever existed. <laughs> like, okay. All right. Still not entirely sure what happens. Breaks all no, yeah, no. I, I'm think just, I, I really like how it was exaggeration. Uh, the, the AV Club's review of it noted how it, it was essentially that. a postmodern gothic horror film. And like mm-hmm. as soon as I heard that description of it, like everything clicked into place, and I was like, yeah, that's actually a really good descriptor of this. You know, it's it's like Crimson Peak, but you take away, you know, like the whole gothic house and the red clay and all that. You take that away and just slap in like an iphone and some trains and all that sort of stuff Mm -hmm. so i do think that's a very 
interesting idea. Well, yeah, it? you take you take all that stuff out, and you add the iPhones and the trains, but you also like add this level of un uh, like unassured like how unassured our character is of like if there's even anything after death whereas in like crimson peak they're like yo ghosts are real everything about the afterlife is real no one is, lives is their lives in the movie it. starts where she's just like ghosts, ghosts are, are real, real. yeah voiceover literally how the movie starts yeah <laughs> literally how it starts where in this movie it fully embodies even like the postmodern uh like ideology where it's like is there anything after death i don't know <laughs> like let's find out <laughs> um but i love that this movie doesn't give you anything <laughs> they're like yo we're not giving you anything you have to work for this like what does this scene mean i don't know Who who's texting her i don't know who knows it could all be a big joke <laughs> it's like oh god but this movie is just I don't know, man. I put it pretty highly on my list. I might move it a little bit higher the more I think about it. It's just one of those, like, original ideas that does so many things right and, like, hit me in such a weird way that, like, the whole end of this film was, like, so, like, oddly and deeply emotional where I'm like, why is this such an emotional and powerful scene? I don't know, but it is, and I'm just gonna, like, soak it in for a little bit. Like, just one of those where the movie ended, and I just kind of sat there and watched all the credits go by, and I was like, what a weird movie. So, I don't know. No, I mean, I completely agree. But it's one I would recommend. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. It's, recommend to select people. Yeah, <laughs> if, if what we've said sounds interesting to you then definitely go for it. I don't know. I have I remember watching the trailer, but I don't remember anything from it. That was like back in January that we very, watched very it. Big. Yeah, so I mean I guess you could say watch the trailer and if that looks interesting maybe. Because I know a lot of trailers kinda lie for like smaller movies like this. Like Black Coat's daughter, the trailer just puts this whole like uh plot that never even is in the movie into the trailer. And I'm like Okay, I guess you had to get butts and seats somehow, but I think what you have is still pretty interesting without it. But um, All right. Personal shopper. Watched another 2017 movie this week, Aaron. And that is? Uh, Annabelle Creation. <laughs> um, better than Annabelle. That's not hard. Way worse than either of the Conjuring movies. But I hold those Conjuring movies in such high regard that it's like, uh, it would be hard to match that. Um, David also went with me. I could not gauge how he felt about this movie at all. Like, he didn't say much of anything. And I wonder if it's because, like, last time with Ouija Origin of Evil... Or I was like, that was pretty good. And he was like, no, it sucked. <laughs> I wonder if he's just, like, waiting for the podcast to drop the it sucked bomb. <laughs> but uh, I I don't think it, it's a bad movie. I think it's a fine movie. I'd say solid. Um, but it has... It has so many problems that I think a lot of horror movies have these days. Where, where things that... Hmm. I'm trying to like figure out how to say this. It, it's like The Conjuring does so well 
at being a different kind of horror movie that when a conjuring movie that is not the conjuring but it's a spin-off and it's in the same universe they make it like oh my god painstakingly clear that this is in the same universe um mm-hmm. it's just like it and when it doesn't feel like it at all through like the tone and what happens in it it feels so disjointed and feels too much like just a generic summer blockbuster or i guess horror blockbuster that if you took away the conjuring name and if you took away annabelle from this movie it's just a really generic horror movie it's like okay there are some fun things in it i definitely had a lot of fun while i was watching it but i don't know i don't know how much i want to say don't say a lot because i want to yeah say i know i just I just, I could not get past, I literally just shook my head in, like, disgust when they tried to, (laughs) when they tried to tie the Nun movie into this. It's, like, a little throwaway, so it's, like, not, like, it's a big plot point or anything, but there's, like, this little throwaway scene where it's, like, are you, you're kidding me, right? (laughs) Like... Number one, it still doesn't make sense that you're making a nun movie. It's literally tied to Vera Farmiga's character as a test of her faith. <laughs> Why are they doing this? Oh my god. So yeah, that was just completely like, oh my, I hate you, Warner Brothers. I hate you so much. But David F. Sandberg, uh, that's his name, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I think so. I mean, he proved he can do, like, suspenseful horror in, in Lights Out, and he does it here. I think it's worse because he has to work in these very uncreative boundaries and try and make something out of it, and I think a lot of times he does. Like, there's one scene in particular that I think is really great. Um, but other than that, everything else is like, okay. And it's fairly early in the movie, so everything after is just, like, a worse version of what already happened earlier. So, yeah. I I think if you're looking for this sort of thing, it's a recommend. Um, But know what you're getting into. Know it's not going to be great. Know it's just a solid horror film that, honestly, is... a lot like lights out in that sort of way where it is just this solid film it's nothing more nothing less so overall i I wouldn't say like disappointed because i was already expecting like nothing because of the last annabelle movie but uh yeah there are a couple cringeworthy horrible moments though so look out for those when you see it Aaron. (laughs) oh okay um (sighs) so what else did you watch I have to remember now. <laughs> oh, you're the worst. Season three. They put it on Hulu. Guys, this show is, uh, it's one of the best shows on television. And, um, I'll fight anyone who wants to disagree with me on that. Uh, yeah. I mean, I do not disagree with you on that. Cause this was ranked number two on my list of best TV shows of the year. For last, last year, year, right? Yes. Yeah, this season, I don't think it's as good as season two. Season two was, like, really great, and there's no, like, big bombshell episode. Like, I think the uh, 
was it what is it lcd sound system was the name of the one yep like that episode just like hit me really hard and there's nothing like quite that bombshelly in this one um but i i don't know it it is still great i i think um i don't know any of these actors or actresses names so you're gonna have to help me i think jimmy is great he still plays that lovable jerk that you're like oh he just he's becomes almost even more bojack horseman in this season where he's just so self-destructive um and i think gretchen ava no what's her name ava ava duvernay is that her name what no, that's not our name. That's another. That's, that's another person. Yeah, so much. <laughs> I see. I see her name all the time, and I'm like, oh, that's because I follow both of them on Twitter, and I'm like, oh, and then I got them confused because their names look so similar. <laughs> anyway, I don't know which character you're referring. Gretchen. To, uh, oh, okay. Uh... What is it? I, I haven't watched this show in forever. <laughs> uh, oh, Anya Cash. Is that it? Aya, Aya Cash? Aya Cash? Yes. Yeah, that's right. See, A- Aya, Ava, they're pretty close. <laughs> like, all right, I'm not the crazy here. Not similar at all. <laughs> no, but I don't look to the last name. I look to the first. I'm like, all right, and then I try and guess who's saying it. That's That's how that works. <laughs> Um, all right, yeah, so her storyline, I mean, she got such a big storyline last season, I was a little disappointed this season, she doesn't have anything, like, nearly as big, I don't, I don't know if you felt the same way about that, but I think, uh, Edgar has, like, some really great stuff this season. Right, I think, I think that was kind of part of what this season was doing, where it was very much season two was Gretchen's big storyline. And then this film switch focus more uh, to other characters, giving mm-hmm. them time. So I, I do think it's a bit disjointed because it, there wasn't like one clear central storyline like there was in season two mm-hmm. because they tried to like spend so much time on all these various characters. But I do agree that Edgar's storyline was phenomenal. Well, and like I w- that, oh, continue. Sorry, that that <laughs> one episode. Uh, what's it called? Twenty two. Yeah, something the like name that. Of it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where it's, like, just about him, you know, and him struggling with his PTSD. Like, that was a phenomenal episode of television. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. That that one, if there was going to be one that made me cry, and I don't know why it didn't, because it, like, had all the elements, but, like, oh, man. such That, that was probably the, like, big, powerful episode this season. And uh, I think... The best episode, I'd say, just technically, was the one where they're at um, the wedding, and, or the and wedding like reception. Basically, like looks like one it's take. all one take. Yeah, essentially, that was like really good. I'm like, okay, that is some good TV right there. That's that's how you do this medium right. But uh, yeah, I, overall, I'd say still like one of the best seasons of television I've seen in a long time. But a bit of a step down, not too big, but a bit of a step down from last season. Um, I can't remember her friend's name. Lindsay. Lindsay, yeah, w- wasn't a fan of that storyline this season. I don't know. There are some really but great moments. 
it did give us the the, the were you a fan of the Vernon and Paul? <laughs> I was I was a fan of that one. I again those characters kind of work better when they're like just side characters, but there are some really great lines I from that. I think that's what was great about this episode, though, is like watching mm-hmm. them as the leads. Yeah, you know, fleshing them <laughs> both fleshing them out more and just kind of like getting completely ridiculous. Yeah, I love that he fills up the car with ethanol. God. Oh man. Yeah, and then uh, never mind, that's a spoiler. Um Yeah. Um overall good. So, I don't know. Watch it. If you haven't been watching you're the worst yet. Oh my god, you're missing out. Whew, good show. Uh did you see that the writer is going to try and make that How I Met Your Mother spin-off? Uh yes, I did. Which like if they do it, all right. I'm down. Sure. Yeah, but I feel like no matter what's going to happen, it's not going to be the same style as You're the Worst. Like, no. It's going to be the traditional multi-cam hangout sitcom. Right, but they are still a talented writer. I don't even know who they are, but just knowing from what they've done on You're the Worst, like, very talented. Um, is it Stephen Falk? Sure. Is that who it is? Yeah, that's the creator. Okay. Very talented. Um. All right. So, Aaron, I gotta say I failed you. Um, okay. Because I didn't watch, uh, um, what's it called? The Black Mirror episode, San Junipero. <laughs> I, I, if you I didn't... promised me. I know, I had too many movies, though. I was a little, I was like, oh, man, I, I can't do it. That's, so, that's, okay, you'll get to it. Yeah. Um, did I talk about detroit last week or is that this week that was this week i watched three 2017 movies okay so detroit uh quick one on this i mean it's it's what you see which is what you get with this movie i think if you've seen the trailers and you thought this movie looks extremely powerful and well acted you are correct this movie is holy crap like probably the most stressful anxiety inducing movie this year like maybe even more beyond dunkirk because i think dunkirk has these like like you can take a breath i don't think detroit has that at all especially because like hashtag way too relevant maybe (laughs) i think we can bring that back um it was yeah it really was horrifying watching this and being like, this is stuff that still happens today. Like, this is not so far removed from where we are as a country still. And my God, Will Poulter. You know, you watch him in Maze Runner and you're like, okay, you're like an all right actor. But like watching him in this, just scary. Just straight up scary. And you're like, oh my god. And like makes you makes you kind of wish that he had been kept on as uh Pennywise in it. Are you kidding? He was originally cast in the role. Yeah, no, that would have been <laughs> Holy crap. Okay, yeah. <laughs> but uh yeah, I just think And Catherine Bigelow's big strength in this movie is that it is so, it's realistic without, like, making any of the villains, like, cartoon characters, if you know what I mean. 
I could see, yeah, these policemen did horrible, awful, racist, uh, horrible things to these people. Like, even some of the things they don't even go completely in depth with in the movie because it's more of a movie focused on race where, like, they also did some, like, really sexually inappropriate things with the women. And it's like... But it's like they feel real without, like, condoning their actions. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's Mm. never like, oh, man, I'm just this racist jackass. It's like, well, he is that, but also... Do you get what I'm saying? I'm not trying to say, I, like, I get what you're saying. this is, like, <laughs> such hot water. No, I get what you're saying. You're not, you're trying to say that you're don't, you're not, don't, like, defending them. No. Defending their racism, but what you're saying is that it shows that, you know, racists are people, you mm-hmm. know, like, misguided, you know, harmful yeah. people, but people nonetheless. And... It maybe I should just stop here before I dig myself an even bigger hole. Maybe. <laughs> but I, I also just wanted to say that like sometimes if they made him like a car if they made these cops like cartoon characters, I don't think it would have worked. Like it wouldn't have been as horrifying as what actually happens, like with the way they do it in this movie. Like, cause this is sometimes truth is more horrifying than anything anyone could ever make up. And this movie, like, nails uh, the events. Like, at one at the end of the movie, they're like, hey, a lot of this is just taken from, like, witness stuff. Like, there's no, like, actual record of this and, like, all this stuff. But, like, it happened. There are, like, just small things. Like, this happened, but we don't have any, like, official record of what happened. So we have to fill in, like, all these witness things. And so... Just from that, I think they they nail it. So, I don't know. Sorry. Uh, I talked too long. I was going to be quick on that. But, uh, highly recommend Detroit. Um, hashtag way too relevant. <sighs> I feel like I dug myself a hole there, but we'll see. <laughs> Is that all you want? Uh, yes, I'm done. All right. So, uh, sides across the universe and personal shopper. Talked about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, watch another 2017 film this week watched life oh yeah that's right i don't really have a lot to say about life because it's basically the movie we all assumed it would be (laughs) when the first trailers came out which is like oh it's it's like alien but not as you know good Mm -hmm. like i mean that's essentially the movie it's like this, this cast is trapped in a space station with this you know alien creature that's hunting them down one by one and so it's like we've seen this before we've seen this better you know it has like shit it has like not only shades of alien but like of gravity and other recent space-based movies and so it's very derivative and mm-hmm. it doesn't do anything to, to you know like break out of those uh cliches essentially you know it's it's a serviceable movie like the cast is fine you know ryan reynolds and uh Honestly, I don't... Weird. Oh, Jake Gyllenhaal is in this. I think those were the main big names. Wait, is Rebecca Hall in this too? No, it's uh, Rebecca Ferguson. Rebecca Ferguson. I think. Sorry. <laughs> I was like, but, that's where I've seen her, but no, she's not so, in it. So it's like, the cast is fine. They're pretty much very much playing into their typical role. You know, like Ryan Reynolds is the quippy, you know, mm-hmm. jackass person. Like, <laughs> the cat is like... 
trying to climb the treadmill. Okay, so this is what's amazing, is because during the, the gateway to cinema, my cat was freaking out, and Aaron's like, what's wrong with you? And now Aaron's cat's freaking out and knocking over stuff. I know something's up. I guess. Seriously. It's a Skype ghost, that's all. But yeah, life. It's enjoyable, but not that great. And just, you could read that as my thoughts on actual life. <laughs> <laughs> All right, this will be one that I, I might watch if it comes to Netflix or something, and I uh, need to beat you with the movies. But so far, I have a comfortable lead. So, sure, sure. <laughs> All right. Well, I got I got some rented that will be interesting to talk about next week because they were cheap rentals and uh, cheap rentals for a reason. <sighs> oh my god! Okay. But beyond that, I watched from the, the AFI Top 100. Mm-hmm. As discussed uh, earlier on this podcast, I finally watched Mr. Smith Goes to Washington. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> uh, Mr. Smith Goes to Washington, one of my favorite movies of all time. Now, Aaron, what'd you think? Yes. Uh, I, I mean, I think that, you know, uh, the reason I watched this, as we discussed earlier, is because of recent <laughs> world events have gotten me down. So I was like, well, I need a pick-me-up. I need something to be like, hey... I'm proud to be an American again. <laughs> and so Lacey's yeah. like, hey, you should... Well, what happened is, like, you were going to watch this film. And mm-hmm. I was like, hey, maybe you should watch Inglorious Bastards instead, which you did. Yeah. And then I watched this because you had recommended it. And it is very much... The, it's a very American movie. Like, one of the most American movies yeah. I have ever seen. Like, like know, the good America, though. <laughs> that whole montage of him just, like, visiting all the monuments and yeah. just, like, reading all the quotes. He's just, like, standing in front of Abraham Lincoln. He's like, what a great man he was. Let's watch as this young child reads his words and all these people <laughs> from diverse backgrounds come and just stare in awe. Yeah. <laughs> it's like... It's kind of ridiculous, but you know, it, it's. It is, but it works, man. Kind of what I needed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, it's good. Like, it doesn't ever. It's, like, kind of over the top patriotic, but it doesn't, like, feel like propaganda. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Especially since it does show the, you know, the, the conflicts, the, you know, the downfalls of the American system with its plot, you know, like trying yeah. to stop these crooked senators. So I. Do I do think that it does a really good job of being like this, you know, by of proclaiming these American values while also like being like this is where we're faltering, this is where we need to do better. So I did really like that aspect of it. Mm-hmm. I thought uh, Jimmy Stewart did a fantastic job, yeah, especially he's once he's getting more into the uh, filibuster. Oh my god, like, I will not yield. Oh my god, yeah, I lose it, man, every time. It's so such a beautifully powerful scene and when those words come out man you're just like oh my god yes this movie is so good <sighs> yeah all right but so like i i really liked it i think it's a really good movie i don't think i liked it as much as you did though because you're yeah. like this is in my top 50 films of all time mm-hmm. and i'm like it's good, but I don't think it's anywhere near one of the greatest films I've ever seen. Yeah, I do think there's like some looseness to it. Part of that it has to do with like the restoration, where they, it seems like they they had a couple 
problems with like transitions here and there. Yeah. I don't know if that's part of the original film or if that was part of the restoration work. But yeah, I see what you're saying with that though. Yeah. And there's also just there's a it's weird because there's like a little bit of bloat where it feels like why are we spending so much time on this love triangle aspect of it as mm-hmm. opposed to more time in the Senate where it feels like there's a little too much bloat there. But at the same time, it almost feels too rushed because you like get to the <laughs> ending of the movie. And I was like, wait, that's it? That's the end of the movie? Like, you're, you're here complaining like Robocop and the Fly don't have endings. And then you're just like, oh, Mr. Smith goes to Washington. That's a great movie. Even though it just like ends out of nowhere. I... I, like yeah, I you're he, right. He wins, he wins his victory. In the Senate. I'm not going to spoil the ending, I suppose. Oh, it's a 1939 it's, movie. It's a 1939 <laughs> movie. I mean... But, like, I, I get that it's a clear conclusion to all the plot lines. But mm-hmm. also, it's like, there's no, you know, like, aftermath. It's no, like, oh, they, they got married and returned home and he got elected senator again. Or yeah, I mean... <laughs> you, you're right. I'm a bit of a hypocrite on that point. <laughs> So now every time I say this movie doesn't have an ending, it's going to be like, like Mr. Smith does it, or like Mr. Smith goes to Washington, right? right? Um, But I don't know. In this movie, I just think it works. Also, at two hours, I kind of feel like it's a bit overlong. So when it does end, it's like, yeah, all right, cool. That's the end. (laughs) And uh, yeah, oh my God, I love this movie so much. So yeah, this is one that just, and plus... I don't watch The Simpsons, but that Simpsons bit about Mr. <laughs> Smith goes to Washington, isn't it so much better now that you've seen it? The actual it movie. <laughs> oh my god, it's so good. Alright, so what else you watch? And, uh, finally this week, I watched AI, Artificial Intelligence, from uh, Steven Spielberg. And this was like a film that like I had like both heard a lot about and heard like surprisingly little about i suppose and that yeah. like i was very aware that this was like a kind of like a divisive movie where a lot of people are like this is one of steven spielberg's masterpieces like it's an underrated film for him like i heard a lot of people like championing that so i knew that like mm-hmm. this was a movie that people were like aware of and people are like this needs a critical reevaluation and all that and i also knew that it was the final film that stanley kubrick was developing when he died and then steven spielberg basically took it over from there mm-hmm. so i knew like all that going in but also i i felt like i hear about this film like surprisingly little considering that it's like such a big steven spielberg film you know yeah because it's like very much this huge sci-fi epic for him and it's like it doesn't get mentioned as much as some of his other films and I can I can understand why because you know there's so many great Steven Spielberg films out there. It's yeah. Like, there's kind of there's going to be some that get lost. But after watching <laughs> AI, I think this is one of like his best films. Really. Like like I can understand why people are like hesitant on it because it is a very like awkward movie I suppose where it it very much is telling a bunch of different stories in a sense. Like it's it's one through line, but it it very much feels like different in style and tone throughout. So it is a very kind of like disjointed movie in that sense. But I do think that it's just a really good movie. Like, uh, what's his name? Haley Joel Osment. Oh, really? Is that his name? Sora he from gives, Kingdom uh, Hearts? Yeah. Hell yeah. 
Yeah, sure. But uh, he gives a great performance, like a surprisingly great performance for a child actor, you know, trying to do this. Because he's the artificial intelligence. I mean, of Sixth titles. Sense, we kind of knew we could do it. I mean, come on. Yeah, yeah, no. <laughs> was this no, before no, or after? I wasn't saying that his performance in The Sixth Sense wasn't good either, but he was no, doing I, a good job in this role as well. Was this before or after The Sixth Sense? I don't know when this, this came out. This was after. I believe okay. this came out in 2001. Speaking so, of which, whatever happened to Haley Joel Osment, who was in Sixth Sense, this movie, and Big Fish, I believe he's in, like in film, like yeah. he's he's still playing yeah, Sora in Kingdom he, like, Hearts. Yeah, he still like shows up in like bit parts, I think. Yeah, but, like he never like took into a full fledged acting career. Or oh, he was in uh, uh, Yoga Hosers. He was, yes. Yeah. Oh my God, that's right. Oh my. Okay. <laughs> Rough well, yeah, movie. He does, he does a great job, and I think it's just a very it's the kind of film i really like which is like that hard sci-fi film where it's you know like all these big concepts you know like the the creation of ai like what ai would mean for human society but also what it would mean for the future like once humans are extinct and like the ai is now the dominant species on the planet Mm. it's like it's all these fascinating sci-fi concepts and i do think that it it both like tackles them in a unique way like considering it is such a well-worn sci-fi concept it tackles them in a unique way and like a very interesting both like visually interesting and like thematically interesting way so i would really recommend this movie i do think it is one of steven spielberg's best movies all right yeah i'll have to watch it steven spielberg is just one of those directors that i've seen like like a ton of his popular stuff but have never like dove into his uh back catalog of movies that like maybe didn't get as much airtime or whatever so that is one that I'm interested to watch more from. I mean, just being the prolific director that he is at this point, we're like... Right, I mean, like, I'm kind of doing that, diving into his back catalog now, because, uh, like I mentioned, I'm watching through the films of my favorite directors, and Steven Spielberg mm. made it to, like, on that list, just kind of, like, by default, almost. Yeah. Where you're just, like, at, at a certain point, it's like, he kind of has to land on this list, you know, if you go mm-hmm. to Jurassic Park and Raiders of the Lost Ark and E.T. and Jaws. Ghost Encounters and all this sort of stuff, if you if you throw all that in your filmography, it's like, you kind of have to give him yeah. a spot. <laughs> you really do. And that's just one of those things, like, he is going to possibly go down as, like, the most influential filmmaker of all time maybe (laughs) like he's certainly in the in the running if not the one like he has inspired so many people through like his his decade ranging career that's still going from the 70s so it's like awesome just awesome so yeah except for warhorse warhorse sucks so bfg isn't great that great either yeah have you seen warhorse I have seen Warhorse. I'm sorry, bud. <laughs> all right. So is that all? That's all. All right. Aaron. I'm, I'm going to stop saying yes. guys because I do that every time. Aaron, let's move on to the advice column this week. Today, Aaron, we have a, uh, a letter in from uh, Mr. Warner himself.
Mr. Warner Brother. Mr. Warner. Which which yeah, which one? No, just Mr. Warner Brother. Just Mr. Oh, brother. Mr. Warner Brother. Okay, that Mr. Was brother, terrible. first name Warner. You know. Yeah. Mr. Warner Brother says Hi guys. Big fan of the podcast. Been listening since episode one. Gotta say, the uh, Alex Jones impression is my favorite. Man, everyone loves the Alex Jones impression, Aaron. I, I, oh, yeah. I'm yeah. teasing y'all, though. I'm not going to bring it back until I absolutely hate a movie again. So we'll see when that happens. Um, where was I? All right, here we go. <clears throat> Recently, uh, my studio has had a bit of a uh, misstep. We've been losing money. Not as bad as Sony. Sony sucks. Warner Brothers all the way. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, and we've also been stifling creativity in a lot of ways. <laughs> Especially by uh, maybe taking away Final Cut from our directors. <laughs> so, just wondering, what do you guys think we should do? Love, Mr. Warner Brother. Well, Mr. Warner Brother, thankfully for you, uh, Aaron and I, we're here to uh, give you a bit of advice. Now, Mr. Brother, I think you're doing this whole Conjuring spin-off thing pretty well. You know, I think that's a good direction to take. But why not dive into it more? You have a cinematic universe. You have the Annabelles. You're making that nun movie. You, uh... Crooked Man? Crooked Man, that's what it was, thank you. But I think I have a really interesting way that you can benefit from the Conjuring movie uh, franchise while also just taking a movie that's already been made and just putting the Conjuring on it, a la Cloverfield. So what I'm going to ask you to do, and what I think is a good move, is to rebrand... Amityville Awakening to be the Conjuring universe Amityville Awakening just set it as a prequel to the Amityville stuff that's in um, Conjuring 2 it could be a sequel no no prequel we'll get there <clears throat> but it, it the whole point of it is that like it uses modern technology like Instagram we'll get there poster? We'll, okay, okay, we'll get okay. there now you might be you might be saying to yourself like Aaron, oh, wouldn't it be a sequel? Uh, it feels like this would be a sequel. Now that's before we introduce the time travel element. Uh, now a lot of people say who believe in ghosts. Again, ghosts aren't real, but a lot of people who believe in ghosts talk about portals a lot. I don't understand what they're talking about when they're talking about portals, but they do talk about portals a lot. Now. <laughs> I'm just going to say, why not, you know, appropriate this term. Say, a portal is really a portal into the past. So the ghost in the Amityville stuff that's in Conjuring 2 is actually Bella Thorne. She goes through a ghost portal and ends up, the ghost in the Amityville, making a time loop. Now, this also gets the blockbuster sci-fi part into the Conjuring universe. Um, plus, you get Bella Thorne in there, who not a good actress, but I, I like Bella Thorne. <laughs> she seems like a nice lady. <laughs> and um, 
So, you know, you at least have her in your, uh, in your franchise. Um, yeah. I think it's a good idea. You are, the movie's already made. I mean, just shoot a couple extra scenes and there you go. Um, and it'll never be released otherwise. So, I think uh, just take this movie, turn it into your own thing, Mr. Brother. It's Mr. Brothers, sorry. Forgot the S. <laughs> Mr. Brothers, yeah. Uh, Aaron, you got any uh, advice for Mr. Warner Brothers? I mean... I suppose my advice this week is, is fairly simple, mainly mm. because I forgot what we were going to be doing on this segment, so I came up with something last minute. All but right. I'm thinking, I'm, I'm like, looking at the recent box office trends, it's yeah. like, I think, you, you know, you're lagging in many areas, mm-hmm. and, but I think there was one clear victory for you this uh, year, and that yeah. was, of course, Wonder Woman. Mm-hmm. You know, four hundred million domestically. You know, outgrossing all of the other DCEU films by a large margin. Mm-hmm. And I think you're picking up on that mm-hmm. because the most recent Justice League trailer you put out, it's like Wonder Woman is front and center. You know, we're following her. We're gonna we're checking in. What is she doing lately? How is she gonna lead this team? You know, you're putting her front and center. You know what the people want. But I say, if you want to boost the rest of your box office. Why not take this a step farther and just throw Wonder Woman in your other movies as well? <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. so just, you can just put her in your other movies. You know, you can you can put her in the uh, your uh, your Blade Runner movie. She could fit in there. You could yeah. put her in your Tomb Raider movie. I mean, just have like the two female leads teaming up. Yeah. Like, that Side note: really... Didn't know Warner Brothers was doing Tomb Raider. But just from the pictures up from Tomb Raider, I'm like, it looks like they're following the story of the reboot. This might actually be the first good video game movie. Just follow the story. It's a good story. Like, oh, anyway. All right. No, I agree. But it'll be better with Wonder Woman. In it. Oh, of course. Of course. And you throw in, like, like Ocean's 8. You're trying to do an all-female oh reboot of Ocean's 11. Why not make Wonder Woman the lead of the team? You know? <laughs> Honestly, better than Rihanna. So, <laughs> sorry, man. The, the, I don't. I don't know uh, that she's the leader, but she's in it. So it's like just yeah. replace her with just replace Rihanna with Gal Gadot. Like, I'm sorry, Rihanna, but you've tried the acting thing. I don't think it's working for you. Either pick better movies, or stop. Well, I mean, when you start with Battleship, like, uh... and then go Valerian. It's like, oh, who's picking your movies for you? Like, oh my god. Okay. Anyway. So yeah, so yeah, I mean that's my idea. Put her jung your jungle book movie that you're still trying to forge oh ahead god. with for, for no one knows why. Are they like trying to trick people? Is like that their idea? Like, oh yeah, this is the jungle book. Yes, side side piece of advice. Make your jungle book movie look as close to a Disney sequel as possible. <laughs> like as close to copyright infringement as you can get legally get. <laughs> Because that's the only way you're going to make money on <laughs> Yeah, they'll have a song called The uh, the uh, Simple Needs. Not Bare Necessities, The Simple Needs. <laughs> I don't know, that was a dumb joke. <laughs> all right, <laughs> moving on. Um, all right, so is that our advice for Warner Brothers? Yeah. Mr. Warner and why Brothers? And not, why not also re-release films with Wonder Woman digitally added in? <laughs> oh you know, yeah. put her in Man Harry Potter. Steel. Put her in more of Batman v Superman. Put her in Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. Re-release Dunkirk. 
and be like, because you, you know, like every, what everyone loved about Wonder Woman was that scene where she crossed the battlefield yeah. and you know took out all the soldiers. So what if Dunkirk just followed Wonder Woman the whole time? I mean, I have a better idea. <laughs> let's okay. let's replace Tom Hardy in the plane with just Wonder Woman. <laughs> Wait, so like Wonder Woman in her invisible jet? No, deal? <laughs> no, just Wonder Woman flying around. Gliding over the yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My chair just broke! Oh my god! What? How did this break? <laughs> okay, guys. <clears throat> Let's move on. Mr. Warner Brothers, I hope we gave you some good advice. Let's move on to the upcoming movies. No. Nope. <laughs> For real though, my chair is really broken. <laughs> and let's move on to the bad movie of the week. Oh my god! I did not hit her. I did not. Oh, hi, Mark. Hey, give me my ball. Carpet day! Huh? No! Aaron. Mm-hmm. You got the bad movie for us this week. Not me I this do. time. <laughs> when I thought it was you. Uh, what do you got for us? I got an uh, interesting film for you all this week. I uh, watched it. I just, I just now watched it. But I had watched earlier films in the series before. But I felt the need to uh, talk about this one in particular. And that is Leprechaun. <sighs> In the hood. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the Leprechaun series, it's bad. Oh, it's horrible. All of it's bad. <laughs> like, atrociously bad. Like, how did they possibly make seven of these films, even with the being a terrible horror slasher franchise? Isn't Jennifer Aniston in the first one? She is. That was her breakout film role. <laughs> And it's funny because, like, the the original poster for the film was, like, just the leprechaun. And then, like, ever since Jennifer, like, ever since Friends, basically, whenever they re-release Leprechaun DVD, it's, like, giant Jennifer Aniston Aniston on the cover and then Leprechaun, like, in the corner. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) Um, All right. So So the the franchise is already not good to begin with. But then we get to this uh, Leprechaun in the Hood, the, the... third of the direct-to-DVD installments. Oh, okay. So now, I just want to point out, there is no way this movie isn't racist, right? Like, there is literally no way they get out of this film without being at least a little racist. <laughs> it's it's pretty racist. It, it basically, it basically uh, plays exactly how you would expect a film entitled Leprechaun in the Hood, mm. written by, like, two white people to, oh. uh, to, to, to sound, so... Yikes. <laughs> Alright, so horrible. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's, it's basically playing, yeah, it's basically playing into, like, every single stereotype possible, and all, all the, all the stereotypical, uh, dialect and all that. Uh. So basically what we have, we have, uh, we have these rappers... Like, the movie starts, 
these okay. these two rappers like find this leprechaun and like near a subway or whatever, and then they steal his magic flute. The leprechaun comes alive, tries to kill them, but then there's this like medallion that transforms him back into stone, and the one rapper puts that on, As and the leprechaun does. is stone again. He's stone. Yes, he's stoned. Well, that comes later. Wait for it. Oh my god, we are hitting all the stereotypes, aren't we? Oh no. Alright. So, uh, so this rapper, we cut to we cut to like 10 or 20 years later or whatever, and now this rapper is played by Ice-T. Hmm. So uh, they got they got him and... Uh... They got T! <laughs> oh man, any Ralph the Movie Maker fans out there? That's a, that's a good one. He did a review of Sleepless, and there's a line in it, but it wasn't an easy grab. They got tea. <laughs> Never mind, I'll show you later. <laughs> anyway. So then there's this new group of rappers led by this uh, person named Postmaster P. Like, that's his stage name. Okay. And they're, like, really, they're like really bad rappers. Like, purposefully? So... What? Like, purposefully bad, or like... Yeah, like, okay. like at this point in the plot, they're intentionally bad. Okay. And then, so uh, they they eventually decide that they're going to, like, steal from Ice-T. Because they need money to, like, repair their sound equipment or something. Okay. So they end up breaking into his office and releasing the Leprechaun again. And then they have the, the magic flute, and the Leprechaun is, like, after the magic flute the whole time. And then, mm-hmm. like they, 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 they end up discovering that the magic flute, when they play it, it will make make like anyone love their rap music. So, like they they, okay. they end up in like this this church, like seeking uh, sanctuary or whatever. And the pastor's like, "Well, you can stay here if you sing us a song for the service or whatever." <laughs> so then they like get up at the service and they like start singing this song, and it's something about like. Uh, I don't. It's, it's, they like go off on some tangent. Like they, like if Jesus loves me, I don't know something. Like they rhyme that with hoes somehow, or something. And then and like all the people like start to walk out of the church, and then they just start playing the magic flute, and then everyone comes and they just start like jumping up and down to this <sighs> rap music. <laughs> this oh is, like, my! Super sacrilegious rap. <laughs> oh my! Okay. <laughs> they rhyme that with hoes. <laughs> I don't remember what the rhyme was. Uh, that's, that's a quote. <laughs> okay. Make, make that the minion meme. Of the yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Okay. When, it, when in doubt, just, just rhyme something with ho. Mm-hmm. That's, that's what I've always thought. That's your rap advice from Leprechaun in the Hood. Okay. So the, the Leprechaun obviously is going around trying to get his magic flute back, killing people or whatever. Mm-hmm. Ice-T is also trying to go around getting his magic flute back and all, all that. So, like, eventually... Wait, 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 one question. I'm sorry. I don't know if yes. I missed this, or... Is this actually Ice-T? Like, is it Ice-T? Yes. Like, oh, it's no, actual Ice-T. Ice okay. No, he, <laughs> that would be too smart for this movie. He like is like, a big rap star, you okay. know, like a rap... Like he he's like in charge of the a record company or something, or whatever. But he's not he's not actually playing Ice T. Although that would have made this. Yeah, I was gonna say that would be such an fantastic. easy way to make it like almost like a farce kind of thing. Like oh yeah. Okay. Anyway, all right. Thank you for clearing that up. So then, the the leprechaun like ends up like summoning these women who are like his servants or something it's like really weird that the, the plot of this does not make any sense at all but like 
eventually he like gains power like he gets his magic flute back and he like tries to start taking over the hood mm-hmm. essentially so these these two rappers they have to figure out how they're going to defeat the the leprechaun okay and they figure out that what they're going to do is they're going to let him smoke a joint but first they're going to roll some four leaf clovers in the joint because everyone knows that four leaf clovers stop a leprechaun. And the, what? But then <laughs> they also have like this whole this, they have this whole thing where like uh, they need to get close to the leprechaun. And they're like, how do we go get to the leprechaun? And and then one guy's like, oh, the leprechaun is always bringing girls back to his club to have sex with because that's a, that's a part of this movie so like oh okay we'll dress up in dresses and then that's how we'll we'll sneak in to meet the leprechaun so yeah it, it it plays about as well as you would expect from leprechaun in the hood so so they do that they get the <laughs> leprechaun to like smoke this joint and then they like steal the magic flute back or whatever and then eventually they end up. The leprechaun like chases after them because he's not defeated by the, uh, by the joint, of oh, four leaf wow. clovers. And then, <laughs> but like he ends up, most of the people die, except for like Postmaster P. And then Ice Ice T with like his dying breath like throws the medallion back on the leprechaun and turns him into stone or whatever. Okay. And then we we cut. And it's like a couple months later, whatever. Postmaster P is now this big rap star because of the magic flute, like whatever. But then we find out that he's actually under the control of the leprechaun. And then the leprechaun comes up on the stage and does no. a rap. No. No. Yeah. Okay. And all about how he's up to no good, and in the hood. Tell me more. One second. Just tell tell me more about this movie. I mean, that's that's essentially this movie in like a nutshell. Like it's just like these awful African American stereotypes running around, like performing these awful raps. That the movie's like, oh, like now these are these are great raps because uh, the magic flute is <laughs> helping them or whatever. And then the leprechaun is continuing his non-threatening self. Where it's like he's, <laughs> he's a leprechaun, slasher villain, <laughs> yeah. Ever made. Here we go. And he's yeah, he's de- defeated by. So uh, are you like trying to look up his route? Yeah, I am. You're, you're trying to get me to stop. <laughs> Why? Will I have to bleep some of this? <laughs> I honestly don't know, but yeah, this is a distinguished British actor, Warwick Day. <laughs> like uh, doing his uh, leprechaun rap. That's a that's a thing that exists. Here we go. I come from the land of the Irish Spring. Dublin's the place where I learned my thing. From the Emerald Isle to your place in the hood. I'm the man of green. Come to do no good. Left in the hood. Come to do no good. Left in the hood. Come to do no good. Blunt is dope. This place is hype. There's a lot issues, just by type. I hate your resort so soon, laddie. <laughs> Haven't been late so long, it's happening. Well, there you go. <laughs> so yeah, uh, I think that's pretty self-explanatory as to why this is 
Bad movie of the week. Yeah. Um. <sighs> I feel like I'm just scarred from having seen even a moment of that movie, so... Thank you, I guess. <laughs> Alright. Um, let's move on to the fault in your stars. Oh, okay. I don't even have time to tell you how wrong you are. Actually, it's going to bug me if I don't. That's fine. I get that, but you're wrong and I hate you. This is, of course, the segment where we uh, go on Flickster. We find a good review for a bad movie, a bad review for a good movie. We uh, take out all the spoilery bits, we bring it to the table, we read it. And uh, we have the other two try and guess what that movie is. Today, Aaron, mm-hmm. we have a four-star review. Oh, wow. They say, I don't see how there's this much hate. I love it. She figured it out. One. I just don't see why this one doesn't explain. She was shoved down well by main character, or how the intro wasn't brought up again. Did all the passengers watch video? Or did she kill innocent people? Also, I don't get the ending. If she can send all those emails, why she need rebirth? Overall, I liked it. Thought it could have been better. <laughs> uh, I, I think I know what this film is, and that film is Rings. Yeah, yep, you nailed it. Um... I don't understand, like, this is, like, a common trend, I guess, in comments and in, I guess, probably Flickster reviews, where they give it four stars, and they're like, overall, I liked it, though it could have been better. You gave it four stars. (laughs) Like, that's a really high rating. From what you said, it should be, like, a two and a half, a three at the most. (laughs) None of this made any sense and left me completely confused. Four stars. (laughs) Yeah, it's like, okay, man, that's like... Oh man, there's one that's like, it's kind of a meme into it in and of itself now. But it's like a review of Batman v Superman. But they like, all they do is just talk crap about it the whole time, and then they're like, overall liked it, eight out of ten. <laughs> like what? Eight out of ten? And all you could do is say bad things about it? Like okay, I don't know. Anyway, um, guys, this has been episode sixty-five. A reboot already underway. Too many. Too many. According to Aaron, too, too many. many. Too, too indie. Too indie. Too indie. This. Too edgy. Oh, man. Too many. Aren't you happy I got through the uh, what worlds we'd want to live in uh, section without talking about cool rocks and stuff this time? <laughs> <laughs> um, guys, if you want to find us around the internet, you can find Aaron at Little Flame Dude on Twitter. Uh, also, this cover blog name is already taken dot at... Dot Tumblr. Dot Tumblr dot com. There we go. Um, working on anything? You got anything in the pipeline other than your big uh, project? Nope. Just the October blog project is underway. Oh, yeah. Um, if you want to find David around the internet, of course, you can find him at dbex15 on Twitter. That's uh, two S's. Uh, if you want to find me around the internet, you can find me at Jake underscore Lace on Twitter. Um, you can also find me on Tumblr. If you're one of the people who unfollowed me on Twitter for all the political things I've been retweeting, I guess I really don't blame you, but also, like, mm, bye. (laughs) Um, uh, Yeah, if you want to find the podcast around the internet, you can find us at Reboot Already On on Twitter. 
reboot already underway on Facebook. And, uh, of course, you can find us on SoundCloud, iTunes. Um, and, yeah. Guys. You can, oh, yeah, I always forget to plug this one. You can always email us also at rebootalreadyunderway at gmail.com. If uh, you ever have any questions, maybe we'll do a, like a, like a question segment one time. Um, so, yeah, send those if you have them. Uh, guys, thank you for listening. You've been a, a lovely audience. Did this movie suck as badly as Fast and Furious 4? This movie? Did this episode suck as badly <laughs> as... Uh, yeah, it probably did if I just confused what we were even <laughs> doing here. <laughs> guys, thank you for listening. We'll see you all next week with a brand new episode. When we talk about... You know, I really want to live in the world of the Bye-Bye Man because then I want to summon him so I can finally figure out what his power are, powers are and what his motivations are or yeah. just, like, anything about him. Like, I want to get to know him, you mm-hmm. know? Like, you ever want to live in a fictional world just so you can get to know someone? I want to get to know the Bye-Bye Man. That's a good point. That's Sit a... him down, cup of tea or something, yeah. Yeah, when we do uh, Worlds You'd Want to Live In Part 3, when I inevitably <laughs> get disappointed by the world again. Uh, when, the, when the nukes are flying. Yeah. Yeah. Then we're going to talk about uh, Part 3, and we're going to talk about characters that we'd uh, like to like to meet. Sit down and eat dinner with. That could just be a topic in and of itself, actually. Anyway, guys, join us next week when we're probably going to talk about that. <laughs> Goodbye. cut it here for a second i need to show you this i don't know how it broke it's supposed to be connected from like it's supposed to be connected right here up here (laughs) it just completely sunk down so that chair is dead. Wow. I have had these chairs. Well, we've had these chairs since before I was born. So they are really old. <laughs> so that might be a part of the problem. Okay. All right. I'm back. Oh, my God. I was laughing a bit too hard there. All right.